I didn't dare to, that now I have all this dare I <laughs> fucking stored up in me waiting to just dare I everywhere. God, you, first of all, see a doctor. Second see level, a doctor for my dare yeah. I? Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds like something, a euphemism it, for something. Or it sounds straight up like dare I Rhea. Yeah. yeah hey, Which I'm, is how I'm, I've always pronounced it, by the way. I didn't, I didn't I, force I that just, just for this bit. I just live it. Yeah. My diet is such a wheel of fortune. Like, I just spin it, and it's like chicken wings. I go to the doctor. He's like, so what's your diet like? I'm like, I don't know. You got a shotgun? Like, <laughs> like just hit something? It's got oh, every okay. single part of the target. No, I, thought I don't that, talk about it. I thought that was like a, I don't know what my diet is. Do you have a shotgun? It's suicide. Like, I was just like, what? No, we made a big leap here. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Why are you? Don't put that in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Give me, put your shoe back on. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god oh, oh. welcome to the tragedy academy a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor my name is jay and we are joined by multi-talented artist comedian mental health advocate aaron gold what's going on bro hey i'm aaron gold and i did not realize we had started the episode let's go <laughs> that's how we work <laughs> i i can't stand the whole walk into the episode where it's like hi Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, and uh, we're going to go ahead and start out with some questions today for Mr. Gold. He's going to tell us if Seth Rogen and Chris Pratt gave birth to a golden retriever, why would that be him? Uh, well, because that is how I normally talk. Uh, I do feel uh, ostracized <laughs> here in this brand new setting for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm Chris Pratt and Seth Rogen if they gave birth to a golden retriever because I'm, uh, I've got Chris Pratt vibes in a Jewy body and uh, the energy of a, uh, a very happy dog that doesn't realize how big he is. Why wouldn't you say the Jewy center? Like, uh, like you know, part of a, part of a candy bar. I'd love to say it's the center, the but it's, it's everywhere. Like... Someone someone made a, a Chris Pratt and they're like, oh, I got Jew all over him. <laughs> I got Jew all over him. Oh, right. You guys are in Florida. So that's, this is exotic We're for you. We're not allowed to hear this. Yeah. It's kind of like Handmaid's Tale here. Yeah. So you're bringing in all this stuff from the outside. We're like, oh. I believe the laws like, in Florida are don't say gay and don't spew Jew. Is that? Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, it's There's all sorts of ridiculous mottos like that. But. It's also oh, poor the home Miami. to <laughs> poor Miami, right? So it's also home to the greatest gay community you could ever be a part of here. Like the LGBTQ community in Florida is so effing strong. Well, that's wonderful. The friends that we have, it is like to stay here and stand up amongst people that are trying to tell you you shouldn't be who you are is a testament to fuck off. Yeah, which, which. <laughs> Is pretty Florida right there. Like, right? They're, dude, they're all driving the same cars. They're all doing the same shit. But they're like, no, I'm going to be myself. Yeah, good for them. I feel like that's what that that and just like surfing on an alligator while giving everybody the double middle fingers is the most Florida thing. Uh-uh, you need a mullet. Right. A, uh, also, you must have a beer in one hand, like with a koozie, probably a bush light, nothing. Now, okay, over hold the top. on. Let's. I know that we're supposed to interview me, but what what is up with koozies? Why are they? Why why are they? <laughs> I, don't, 
And when did they start having novelty boners on them that your uncle had on there? You know, like, look at my koozie. Oh, it's a joke. All these stupid novelty sayings on it. And now, you know what I'm talking about. Caroline's in studio. She knows what I mean. In Florida, the novelty koozie is a thing. What? I mean, hey, listen, I used to work at Spencer's Gifts. I'm familiar with a novelty koozie, but like, I just theirs are all either borderline racist or bigoted in some manner or just yeah honestly I think you covered it I I <laughs> I don't know why I was leaping to defend Spencer's gifts I haven't worked there in like over 20 years and also they, it sucked like what they have one in the mall here I went to a mall for the first time in like in 15 they years only exist in malls they have to because there's no other place that would freestand a fucking Spencer's. Yeah, there's no brick and mortar mom and pop Spencer's. And no quality mall has a Spencer's. It's always like the old mall or the the used to be mall. One of the that has like a miniature golf course in the back corner and an HVAC dealer. I went to uh, the Mall of America a few years ago and found out that they have multiple hot topics. One a floor above the other, <laughs> and those two are not connected. They are completely separate hot topics with no ties to each other. I they're separate franchises. God bless them all of America. That's a testament to how fat we are. <laughs> and it's like if there's what? ever a business separate if there's ever a business to install a slide down a floor or a fireman's pole, it's hot topic. And how dare they miss right? that? They should, man. And if you do a proper spin, you get a free, like, sublime T-shirt from the wall. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, I'm very familiar with how hot topic works. At best, you'd get 15% off. They ain't giving it anything away free. <laughs> That sucks, but they're t-shirts. Well, I'm not, you know, we're the pro Hot Topic podcast. Uh, Hot Topic is our sponsor today. Hey, listen. No, listen. I don't have a problem, but their shirts shrink after the first fucking use. They look like a parallelogram. <laughs> the fucking <laughs> one one sleeve is all wop I'm a t-shirt snob, man. We're into the AM. That's our show. Graphic tees we get from there as well. Man, I won't go anywhere else. I, you know, in terms of like great, I don't wear a lot of like funny uh, shirts. I love the work that, uh, what is it, uh, Teenage Stepdad does, but their shirts fade so quick. I wish they didn't because this shirt used to, what I'm wearing currently, used to have a picture of the Big Bang Theory cast. <laughs> Dude, I've never seen a graphic fade so much in my yeah. life to look like a like spilled food. It, it, <laughs> it used to be the Big Bang Theory cast with, with the below it, it just said <laughs> below it, it just said Weezer, and I loved what? it for that. Wait, wait a minute though. So, just to describe to people in audio land here, <laughs> his shirt just looks like a green tank top. <laughs> There's nothing there, but maybe like lightly see I Weezer in the car. Uh, great band, by the way. Very good band. Uh, even better, a funny shirt, but you know, amazing. Oh God, dude. T-shirts were actually a thing for me um, coming out of like the world that I lived in prior to podcasting because I grew up without being able to get like nice clothes at all okay. or get the T-shirts that everybody else had and that kind of thing. So when I left the corporate world, I threw my suits in the fucking trash uh -huh. and I started buying the fucking graphic tees that I thought 
were the coolest. I didn't care what anybody thought. I didn't buy them for fucking somebody to look at me. I bought them because I liked the art that was on it, and it was dope. That was What's it. What's your favorite graphic tee you've ever had? Or at least currently have? The one that I have currently is actually one by Into the AM, and it is a, like, it looks like a playing card, like an ace of spades, right? And the top half of the graphic is an astronaut helmet, mm-hmm. right? That's like the the upper portion. And the inverse is a scuba diver's helmet. And it's like the old school, like in the aquarium tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the big old right? round head. Yeah, the, yeah, the knobs on it that look like, uh, you know, it's going to depressurize at some point <laughs> and his eyeballs are going to pop out his ears. But yeah, it's, it's done that way. But the, the art is so dope. And it's not anything else anybody was doing. I dig that. I dig that on premise alone. Right? Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, your favorite t-shirt podcast. (laughs) You know what, though? Caroline's, like, giving me, like, thumbs-ups and smiles over there because I'm the worst at talking about our affiliates and sponsors. Like, this is the first time I've actually talked about them in a long time on the show. But it was... The opportunity is there. Like, seriously, their shit doesn't shrink. Well, and it doesn't fit. And I'm sure that they really appreciate being name-checked right at, uh, just moments after the phrase, spewing Jew. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure your guys' partnership is going to be just fine. It's It's right there. (laughs) So, Aaron, man, thank you so much for coming to the show. And uh, we'll see you next Yeah, all right, great, great time. <laughs> Perfect. That's what you're supposed to do as a comedian, right? Walk out while it's hot? Yeah, yeah. And drop a smoke bomb if you really want to piss him off. Oh, a smoke bomb. Are you talking about the ones that smelled like eggs when we were a kid? Uh, I didn't realize that new formulas had been invented. And so when I was a kid, the smoke bomb was also a stink bomb. Yeah. They were, looked the same, and it smelled like, like just hot egg farts. Do you think... What what do you think Batman smell like? I bet not good because Batman? Of, yeah, I don't think that Batman oh, no, uses odorless ones. No, it's not spandex. It's not wicking. That shit under there, his his junk is steamy. Oh no, he's got armor now. Come on, listen. <laughs> no, I it's still play with steamy. you, Jay. But like, let's no, be it's honest, steamy Batman in there. Has, it's steamy. All right, I don't see ventilation, man. He's, I see I see moist feet. Man, everything about Batman probably smells bad. <laughs> you smell a suit. It's a Robin has to clean it. Oh, God. <laughs> Alfred doesn't even do it. No, it's Robin. Robin is one level below Alfred. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Robin. <laughs> get a better get a better gimmick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I've known Master Bruce much longer than you, young, young Grayson. <laughs> Young Grayson. Oh, man, dude. I didn't even know his name. Oh, really? So oh, okay. No. I'm big time nerdo. So. No, I love that, dude. I absolutely love it because it's the most. What's the word I'm looking for here? Positive way to express creativity and fun. Yeah. And it's also modern mythology. Like it is. It's just repeating the Bible and shit. People just don't realize. And it. also, like, I love, I love the idea that characters some people grew up with loving how how, like have gotten to the point where now they are the creators of that lore and continuing that that, like that's beautiful to me 
that is beautiful. And I think it's also a testament to how we are the creators of our own future regardless. Hell yeah. Because everything we put on paper as creators is something that's going to come to fruition in the future if it was authentically put pen to paper. Yeah. It's just what I believe. Unless it's a doodle that I do of like a little turtle. That's probably not going to go anywhere. Me just got a little turtle. Maybe. Uh, Gary did a t-shirt yesterday that his seven, a friend of his seven-year-old son drew his first picture of Mickey. Oh, right. So he's going to get sued. Yes. Obviously. But it was such a cool drawing and I'll, I'll put it up on social media, but he turned it into a shirt. So it was like a doodle, like half the shirt that his son did. I thought it was super cool. It was like a really cool rendition. So you never know what your doodles can become. Yeah, I didn't love that it was Mickey saluting a Blue Lives Matter flag, but it, you know, outside of that, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, (laughs) shit. Sorry. Oh, no. (laughs) Dude, at any rate, yeah, we're going to, we're going to end up bouncing off of each other a long time here. I can see it. this interview going (laughs) what did i before we started i told carolyn i was like dude this is going to be an insane episode i could tell just reading through because i what i want to talk about is with the adhd thing and the thing that i was trying to bring up is that that phenomenon i guess where they were you know feeding off of each other adhd people do that yeah they will just fire back and forth with rapid thought processes and jokes and one-ups and one-ups and one-ups a weird phenomenon i can't speak to that because i'm in like the comedy community and like most of my friends are improvisers so like i don't know if that's an add thing or just like this is my group like it's your people it's my people to do bits you know, on I, bits I, on I, bits dude that's the way it should be mm-hmm. it absolutely should be and you had started a project a while back um called you are not alone and as an uplifting show about depression. And as a comedian, you were bringing humor and light to what was something that we were all kind of going through. Yes, uh, we actually have our nine-year anniversary in a couple of weeks uh, at the Magnet Theater here in New York City on Sunday, October 8th at 9 p.m. So if you're in New York, come on by. Uh, Yeah, it's that essentially came from me having... Uh, a really bad depressive downswing and not talking about it. No one knew. And Mm. I got really fed up with not talking about it. So a friend of mine and I uh, started this show where people uh, uh, will share a story or we'll get poets or we'll get comedians to, you know, do about five minutes about how mental health has affected their lives, which will then inspire improv 
from a uh, cast of improvisers, all who also have had mental health affecting their lives. So essentially, like, everyone on the planet Earth qualifies to do this show. I'm never going to tell someone that you're not depressed enough to do the show. <laughs> Feels like a <laughs> weird line to draw. That's trauma shaming. Yeah. It's trauma shaming or it's mental health shaming or it's comparisons. And I think uh, we've had some people on the show that talked about that before. You you can't tell somebody that their shit doesn't suck as bad as yours. Yeah, what's the point? Because it's all relative. Yeah. It's all relative. Everyone has their own journey and everyone experiences hardship. Why, why draw comparisons? Well, mine's worse than yours. Uh, when it, in the mental health spectrum. If we're talking about other things I'm, societally, that's something. But in the mental health world, yeah. It's it's apples and apples at that point <laughs> because pain is pain. Yeah. At the end of the day. And I like the fact that you're making the discussion about mental health commonplace. Putting it on a stage with comedy is a way to diffuse the embarrassment of people that are sitting in the audience enjoying the experience that relate to it directly. I've always found that comedians are the ones that break down the most walls. Yeah. Because they have the ability to call out the fallacies in society without naming somebody in a chair in front of them directly. And it gives the people that walk away from it that may have been the offenders in that joke that didn't understand it to begin with, now have self-contemplation to do mm -hmm. because their peers are looking at them with laughter when they don't even know they're there in the room. Yeah, and, and, and also, like, why are these still stigmas? We've all survived covid we're all messed up from it. It's no, nobody is 100% mentally completely fine. Even if you don't identify as somebody who like is, you know, has depression or has anxiety or whatever have you, like we've all been through some stuff. If you don't, you're weird. Yeah. You're, you're probably in the minority now. <laughs> you might be a psychopath. Yes. I, I, you have no emotions. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say the world is ours now, but we get too busy thinking like, y'all hate me? And we well, couldn't get anything see, done. And there you go. Do they all hate mm -hmm. me? Living in that realm where we're not allowed to be vulnerable for the, you know, the safety of our structure, yeah. where we're at within our peer group or, you know, corporate group or whatever it is. Wherever we're sitting, we're like Spider-Man. We're shooting out webs and we're in between two buildings. <laughs> hey, hey. Right? I appreciate that. Right? Yeah. I, I did that for I, you, but oh, you're I, sitting there like that. Yeah. But the reality is none of that means shit. No. Those are all decisions. Those are, in fact, spider webs. They're that breakable. That one, okay, now we're getting a little tenuous on that metaphor, but yes. <laughs> uh because we're focusing on things outside of ourselves rather than inside of ourselves. Okay, now we're taking our end. value. Right. We're taking our value from those around us without realizing that we don't need them to be a complete person. We're authentically who we yeah, are. Yeah, you can't get validation externally. You'll never get that pat on the head that you need to be whatever the level of good is that you are seeking. It, it just won't ever happen because you've probably gotten it and it didn't do it. Uh, it won't ever fill that hole. So you got to find that some sense of, of balance from within and then just keep living your life as happily as you can. I agree with you. Um, for myself, it was literally hitting my knees, planting a tree and growing back to a new self because I could not be who I was. 
who I was doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And all I know is that I'm supposed to be me. And to be anything but that is a slap in the face of whomever or whatever made me. Yeah, a lot of people... Who am I to think I can change the recipe? I feel like a lot of people fear change when it is a constant. It, it's, it is life to mm. grow and change. You can't ever go back to being who you were whenever, when. That doesn't... That's not how life works. You know, I just thought, you only fear change because... Every time you've done it, it's been in the name of somebody else's dreams or initiatives. Mm. If you were living your authentic life and approaching change, change will be embraced because you're enjoying it yourself. It is your change. It's not somebody else's societal, structural, or religious, or whatever constraint that made me go through that change. I think there might be some, some weight to that. I, I feel like a lot of people fear the unknown and change generally... 100%. Involves a, a leaping into the unknown, uh, but like it's almost always for the better. This this change thing. Well, considering it's a perspective thing, it, it, one would say that it can always be for the better yeah. because of the end result. Whether it's down the road that you figure out that it was good is you know something that's arguable. Yeah, that's um, to, uh, remains to be seen from our good old friend time perspectives. <laughs> in time. Isn't that a fucking joke? Yeah, never enough of it. And then there, it, yeah, dude, just never enough of it. Now, I do want to take a step forward. You're in New York City now. You came from Binghamton, by the way, right? I did originally from Northern Virginia, but I do call Binghamton my, my hometown in uh, upstate New York. Yeah, I got drunk in a hotel room there once on my way back from Fort Drum with the 10th Mountain Division when I was up in Watertown, the land of the frozen chosen hey, old-ass place. That is what it is best used for, that thing I'm saying. <laughs> I think anything outside of New York and up in that area is just package stores. There are a lot of <laughs> bright spots. Like Ithaca is is lovely. Beautiful. Uh, but Binghamton very much is where they manufacture the color gray. And it, <laughs> boy, did they put that everywhere, huh? I remember, I just had this weird flashback to a cartoon from like the 80s. And it was a girl's cartoon called Rainbow Bright. Oh, hell yeah. Back then. And there was something Rainbow called Bright the Murky. For everybody. Let's was be, it? Well, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Murky, <laughs> the Murky Lurky. All right. I don't the know. The Murky that Lurky about it. is, yeah, it's part of that show. But I'm thinking now, like, I could see that being the entire premise for that area. It was always punching out, like, dark clouds and sadness and all this stuff. I think it's also the fact that it's only sunny and you only have the ability to walk around out there about three months out of the year without freezing your ass oh, off. Oh, at best. And granted, I have not been back in Binghamton in a bit over a decade, but I'm going there next month showing my, my, my girlfriend. Hey, this is the town that saved my life. Uh, <laughs> and it did because uh, North Virginia was not great for seventh grade Aaron. Uh, mm. And Binghamton gave me that fresh start I very much needed. And now look at me, world. I'm, yeah. I'm a funny man in New York. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit because you're talking about something called the tank. That's what you're doing in there in New York. Things like that. That's one of the things. Yeah. We, I just uh, was in a production of Mi Abuela, Queen of Nightmares. Uh, that uh, Christine Stoddard wrote. She happens to be my girlfriend. But even more than that, she is a journalist, writer, author, 
poet, model, photographer, painter, but basically every kind of art. She does it all. And uh, love it. This was directed by uh, our, our dear, uh, wonderfully talented Fiyama. Um, and so the the one male role in the cast, he got COVID. And oh, no. so their options were cancel the show for about a week or, hey, Aaron, can you learn this role in two days and then do four days of performances? I love it. And I did that and I'm still tired, but it went well. I love it, though, because the fact that you went out there and embraced the change and you fucking went for it and you supported your significant other because that could have been such a blow to a lot of hard work and a lot of time and effort put into that. And you were able to help her pull that off. I'm sure she's super grateful. Oh, yeah. And the entire cast is so friggin' talented. Uh, Andy Fuentes, I believe, is the the lead. I could be getting her last name wrong, but she's she is phenomenal in this show and her whole family was coming up from texas and like if if i hadn't stepped in well that they wouldn't have been able to see her perform and that just seemed unconscionable uh so i'm so glad that i was able to help out and i'm even gladder that uh addy who originally has the role is back into it and i am free to do the other 10,000 things I'm focusing on. <laughs> you are, you do have your, um, what is the term when they say like you're a lot of fire you have? What is it? A lot it? of irons in the oh, fire. Yeah, there you go. Irons in the fire. I, I do this for a living. You can tell, right? Hey. Um, but I love the fact that this is a unit that is creating new artists and helping emerging artists. Can you describe what the tank is doing for emerging artists in New York City? Uh, not as well as other people can, uh, but I can say I performed at the tank uh, with this, and I believe uh, I've done improv shows there. They provide a lot of space for emerging artists to get their stuff seen in a very supportive environment. Uh, very similarly, uh, I do a lot of improv out of the Magnet Theater, which uh, mm -hmm. uh, also takes a whole bunch of chances on a whole bunch of people. You Are Not Alone has been there for nine years now. Like the fact that nine years ago, this improv theater was like, hey, you've got You're a funny depression zombie. show. Come do it. You're a podcast zombie. What, yeah. what I was talking to somebody about this the other day, that the majority of podcasts are a dead pile of beings in that first <laughs> year to two. Like if you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, there's a gajillion podcasts. But there's only like 10 that are running past 10 episodes. Yeah, I, I myself have had a couple of those uh, that have both lasted longer than that and not. So Exactly. Yeah, it is. Boy, that It's not as easy crowded. as they think. It is. It is crowded. No, it, no one, when it comes to like making art reliably and consistently, uh, the older I get, the more I realize how much of that is marketing. And how much mm -hmm. of that is the not fun work of just making it? Mm -hmm. Ha boy. So you are speaking to my soul. Mm -hmm. Because this was a catalyst for me and my mental health work and change in my life. It was something that I put everything into and could not see. So the best way for me to look at this is 
I put my whole life into it at that five-year mark. Mm. I was still putting everything into it and not getting a return and not realizing that it wasn't just about the art. Yes. I can't sell things anymore. <laughs> I hate it. It's, it, it I fucking despise it. It does because it requires a match. Yeah. I have come to the, to the mindset that I believe that if you do something authentically with whatever product you have or in place, I'll see it. Don't sell me, show me, live it, whatever it is. Give me it by example. If you have to smack me in the face over and over again with it, then you probably don't believe it yourself. I would love to say that I agree with that, but the the fact of the matter, like, okay, so uh, I had a podcast for about four years called Don't Mind If I Don't, where fans and experts- I saw that. Fans and experts of things I did not like would convince me why I was wrong. And essentially, I was the host, the booker, the, uh, I did the research, I did the promotion, I did the editing- that alone, the editing. Oh, Jesus. Sounds familiar. Yeah. It, and I did it for four years, essentially, and it burned me out because I was not getting any kind of financial compensation for all this hard work I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I put it on a shelf and I was like, I'll come back to this at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't know when. And then a, uh, a director who is a good friend of mine named Tom Dunn came up to me and said, hey, I want to bring Don't Mind If I Don't back as a television show and I want to help you produce it. And I told this to my girlfriend, Christine Stoddard, and her response was, damn it, Tom beat me to it. So now I have these two producers I'm working with. I have a team and we are bringing Don't Mind If I Don't uh, as a television show on... As well it should. I love the premise. Thank you very much. I love what you're doing with it. I like that you're using yourself, pulling yourself on the chopping block. And at the same time, I feel like you just proved my point. But if you do everything as hard as possible, authentically and in place, eventually, despite whether it's for money or return, it will become something if it was real at the time. I think there's a lot of, of truth to that. But I think that there were also other factors. Like, of course, the thing is, I did promote it I promoted the hell out of that as well as I could on social media, but there are so many other places I could have done. Uh, and the fact that these are two people who were, who are close to me, that led them to seeing the product. And I wish 100%. it like, they believe in you. Yes. They believe in me and I believe in us and we believe in each other. I lost the thread here, but uh, no, you're right. Okay. Good. We do. It's, we believe in... Passion follows passion. Authenticity Authenticity follows authenticity. Everything else is just people trying to sell somebody else's fucking creati- creativity. If you're trying uh, to sell somebody else's art and you don't believe in it, then you're just fucking hacking shit out. You know what? You're yes, chopping this stuff I up. Believe. I, I agree with this. Yes. Now, it's hard because we we were approached by a couple of different networks um, that wanted us to to work with them exclusively. And when I started reading through it, because this is the first thing I ever created on my own. Oh, muscle I didn't. I'm not an artsy guy. I, I all of my art was suppressed, bullying. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was bullied for like trans things when I wasn't. Mm. Um, I come from a small redneck town. And you're from right? Florida, not, you say? Weird. Yeah, Okeechobee. Yeah, it's weird, right? 
Um, at any rate, so all of the artistic expression oh, that I real have quick, I want Caroline on mic because she's laughing at all my jokes and it's, I don't like that I see it, but I don't, uh, that I don't get the audible reinforcement. <laughs> we'll have you back on. All right. We'll get I her in a different configuration. Otherwise, you're going to hear me on her mic at the same time. As um, a fellow loud boy, I, I hear you. Just, just so you know, you can join us for lives. So we're starting to do those Thursdays and Fridays. Ooh. So if you jump on with us, um, Caroline's always on with me or she comes in. And we talk to people fucking from all over the place. We had power slap people on the other day. Wait, oh, Isn't power that crazy? slap? <laughs> yes. No, power slap is one of those things that I've like seen little bits of. And I've thought. Wow, that's something I would not enjoy. <laughs> Fuck no. I would enjoy not in a million years. I would enjoy precisely half of power slap. Where <laughs> I don't Especially it out. if you get to pick if you get to pick your slappy. Oh my god. I Mitch Mitch McConnell, I will one v one you. He won't even know you hit him. He oh boy, the best of all worlds. Same face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That dude, shut off. I don't talk politics at all. No, this show is not political. We don't do that kind of thing. But I will point out that that dude shut the fuck yes. off. He, uh, twice. He, I, twice. He shut off. I'd smack the turtle off his face. Like, <laughs> Jesus. He is very much like that turtle on Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Damn, dude. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be processing that one for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> he is wow. though. That uh, so, I'm reeling from that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So you guys are actually you have another product or project in the fire here mm. that I got excited about when I saw it. Um, the mask gone viral fan film. Yes. You guys are currently raising funds for this, correct? Yes. And if you uh, do a search for The Mask Gone Viral, uh, you can see it on Crowdfunder. Please give to that. Uh, it is something, actually, tonight I'm heading up to... When, when does this episode come out? It will come out next Friday. All right. So a week ago now, tonight, I am heading up to uh, Farmingdale, New York, for a little bit of a, a we're going to be debuting the teaser trailer at Necromantic Brew. Uh, this is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. Oh, there we go. I was waiting. If you did not give the second line, I was going to be very upset. And while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her when she smiles. Anyway, uh, the mask by <laughs> uh, is... We are picking up where the, the first mask left off just a few decades later, but this time the mask is a woman trying to make her world in entertainment. And uh, I, I will be playing the friend slash love interest question mark. And it's, question uh, mark. it's I got so excited reading this script. This is going to be real good. Uh, I, I highly recommend everybody just, Look up the teaser trailer for The Mask Gone Viral. And then if you are so inclined, please donate. Because to do this right, boy, will we need some money. Uh, I like that you're going for it. Swinging for the fences to do it right. Yes. I feel like a lot of creators cut their dreams short because of funding. 
when if they really just fucking put the pedal to the metal, the funds will show up because they'll see how good it is. I think that this is something you guys really are really, back. yeah. you have tiers to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You're shooting for a bare minimum, which is already top notch. And then what is it? Another up to, it was 200 is the goal. And I think 400 for a like in ridiculously insane, you know, uh, rendition. When you're doing a mask movie, you really want to get the special effects right. Yes. And our our writer director has such a beautiful, great vision for this. Uh, uh, Jordy Skolnick, I believe, is his last name. Again, yes. I am so bad at names. So I, so am I, uh, dude. But like, I I I am so excited for this, and I think at this point you can probably see the teaser trailer online. Just pop a little gander at that and tell me you ain't excited to see this as a full movie. Well, anybody that pays homage to Jim Carrey mm-hmm. in that entire movie is okay in my book. Yeah. And I do like the fact that you brought up the CGI, the graphics, all the work that goes on behind that. Those are amazing artists, amazing creators that really don't get enough accolades. But I will agree with you. Either it's up here or it's one of those 1980s rubber band masks yeah. that you wore in a costume just because it's ironic. Like, that's the only way you can do that, either that way or all the way back. And I'll tell you, we are <laughs> just shooting for that up top one, uh, a mix of practical and CGI effects. Like, oh, if we, if with, with help from viewers like you, we uh, will make this <laughs> the Did thing you it just needs to be. Jerry Lewis? Like, <laughs> I hope not, because then there's going to be some controversy. A, a <laughs> some telethon I, uh, I i i started acting professionally about like 15 years ago and also like i do voiceover and this is this is the normal way i talk and i thought oh, oh yeah. i'll make a minted voiceover and no i will not because they're all looking for authentic normal voices <laughs> so the fact that i right. talked like this was not a boon oh man yeah I have the same thing. I have that radio voice yeah. that if I was like, hi, how are you? <laughs> Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, 97X. I mean, the future of rock and I'm roll. a little turned on. <laughs> yep. I'm not offended. Yeah. <laughs> dump, it's okay a compliment. It is. It is. I have, I have some uh, friends, Nick and Frank. They always tell me how hot I am, and I feel fucking so great oh, every okay. time. Everybody they needs do. friends like that who will just build them Dude. up. I I firmly I love gay compliments. <laughs> like those are the best. They're the most flattering because like, they mean it. Yeah, and they always make you smile. Like I'm not gonna return. I, like I, I'll say somebody's good looking. You know, I can recognize when somebody looks good or whatnot. But there's you know kind of you know it has extra seasoning on also, it when someone says I that. I don't know about uh, your LGBTQ friends, but mine. If I'm not looking good, they'll let me know. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll, they, they'll definitely tell they'll you when be, you're busted. They will say, hey, <laughs> don't wear that again ever for anyone. That's not your color. Uh, these guys are kind of sweatpants friends. If, without, without the LGBTQ community, I'd still be wearing jewel tones all the time. And that does not what work. What just jewel tones? They're, like, they're colors that look <laughs> so cool, but on a pasty white boy like me, not the best. Oh, like Ed Hardy? No, colors? it's more like just very vivid <laughs> reds and purples, like without any subtlety mm. to them, just very pow in your face. Like, yeah, like a white jewel. guys can't do that. I know. I want to, but I, I want can't. to, dude. 
Hot pink is one of my favorite colors. Hot I wear that a fun. lot. What my favorite hat is hot pink. I don't have it on today. Usually I do. I feel like hot pink with black is such a cool color combination. It is. It'll always be just it's nostalgic. It's you know, it it, it just it's, it's classic. Yeah. Dude, um, it's funny you said that. We had Ellie Neidhart on the show. Uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart's Ooh. wife and also sister of Bret Hart and daughter of Stu Hart wow. from that whole family. She's she came royalty. in. She is wrestling royalty. And when I tell you she was the sweetest woman on the face of the earth, like I wanted, I thought she was going to bring cookies and milk <laughs> and read me a story. And she gives the best hugs. But she told such real stories about Jim mm. and her dad and talked about like sitting on Andre the Giant's knee as a kid. <laughs> Who I heard was just the epitome of being a sweetheart. Andre the exactly. Giant. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, yeah, she's like, the Iron Sheik was asleep on the couch. <laughs> and I was like, that's insane. That's so bizarre. But God, to just glimpse into that, that would be so freaking cool. Dude, because wrestling took me away from a lot of issues that I was having at home. It was the one time that things were calm and fun and everybody was in a good mood and nobody was going to lose. You weren't going to get angry at the end of it. So it wasn't like a sporting event where, you know, somebody could turn to the dark side with alcohol or something yeah. like that, you know, like sports can be. This wasn't the case. It was always fun. And it was early enough in the day where everybody wasn't, you know, at their peak performance, <laughs> you know, of maliceness or whatever it is. It was just a good time. It wasn't, you weren't afraid of what, you know, life was like during that. I, I, I love pro wrestling. I, there, I've fallen in and out of love with it multiple times throughout my life, but I'm back, I'm back in now. And part of why I love it is I feel a little weird watching UFC because I don't want anyone to really get hurt. I think violence is cool to watch, but I don't actually want someone to get hurt. And that's, that I feel like wrestling is a great like they do get hurt they do mess each other up but it happens a lot less often than getting punched in the face repeatedly I I would rather see someone Gary help me with that a slap to the chest a chop to the chest than a punch to the face man them chops look angry those chops are ridiculous (laughs) oh we should do this hey I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna Caroline, we're going to sign her up for a fantasy wrestling camp. Ooh. I think she would be amazing sign at it. Me I just thought up. of it. I want to play. No, uh, Caroline, she'd be great at that. Would you jump off the top ropes, Caroline? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a gamer, man. Me too. I, She'll do. Well, I'm not an online gamer. I'm a. I'm, no, no, yeah. not that kind of gamer. Oh. She's like big truck tires gamer oh, and oh. muscles. So you guys have just stolen that phrase from my people, my nerdy people. What what was it? Oh, that yeah. Gamer. I think I think it was around. As gamers were gamers, and now they're gamers. I don't know. I feel <laughs> I. You were doing controller miming for those. Oh like, wait, no, is this the? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't have kids. No, I'm talking so, about like, the I'm, people that were just listening and couldn't see the visual. Oh yeah, uh, I guess the, I did just solid object like, work. You did. It's like having a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> <laughs> like you just sound fucking like you have a split personality. <laughs> Oh. <laughs>
far are you guys into the goal? Uh, that is a great question. I We've been holding back on really promoting it while there was a strike uh, going, but now that the Writers Guild has uh, taken care of that, <laughs> and now that uh, it looks like a lot of the 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 SAG strike might be ending soon, hopefully I we'll, saw that. Be, uh, we'll be back into promoting that hardcore because we've got a, you know, a little less than a year to to make it up, but we're we're on a slow but sure pace. Well, hopefully we get some people to listen to this that are fans of the mask. And I, I don't know who isn't. I want to see this also because it's a woman. Yes. I like when we bring diversity to the roles and we give people the opportunity, women the opportunity to play the main character where they were always putting how many supporting actresses have we yeah. had versus, you know? To give them the chance to be creative in front of everyone is what I've been waiting to see. I love that in this, uh, we've got a brilliantly talented Ashley Pope as our lead actor. She is phenomenal. Uh, and also the main villain's also a woman. Uh, but at, at reading the script, I'll tell you guys, it, you will want to see this film just for the bedroom scene that Ashley and I will be filming it had me doubled over reading the script. I can't wait to Beautiful. film this. It's it, like I was sold on it already, but that scene alone got me going like, all right, this is going to be such that a great film. That means she was laughing when she wrote it. Uh, uh, no, Jordy wrote it. He, or Jordy, what, he yeah. was laughing when but he wrote we're it. All, you know we're it. all really excited to film this whole thing, especially that scene. I'm going to get my shit rocked. <laughs> You uh, you mean like some stunt work? Because you bit. like stunts, right? I love stunt work. I look. I did some uh, some you know basement wrestling as a kid, and uh, you know that, it, that's not a euphemism, is it? <laughs> no, I'd say backyard wrestling, but we did it in a basement with concrete yeah, floors. In, yeah, Binghamton, which I it's will cold. not recommend to anybody. But you know, I did learn a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> You're too about it. I learned some lessons and a lot about love. I learned how to take a hit. It sounds like a country song. Oh, bit. And so does I learned to I take know. a hit. It was at the Chattahoochee, way down yonder <laughs> on the Chattahoochee. A lot about living and a little about love. Man, I, I want to get that. was a flashback. Song. Yeah, right? But, I haven't heard it in God knows how long. I haven't I'll heard it, it after never. This. You've never heard that song before? Maybe. Again, I'm bad at memory. I'm Part of why I do improv so I don't have to remember things. I just like go like, oh, we'll just figure it out in the moment. Well, I mean, think about it. Trying to remember shit is just like trying to remember a role you're not going to play anymore. I agree with you, but I'm still confused. So you're never going to be the same person twice. True. So why hold on to everything that has nothing to do with your current character? If you're always ever evolving, you're not holding on to all the baggage behind you about who you were. You are sending me into an existential spiral, Jay. And I mean that as a compliment. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, I think that we make a cognitive choice to be who we are mm -hmm. without realizing it. We choose our structure. We choose our hierarchy of needs. We put it all together inside of ourselves and we live to it. The mask, your tattoo. Oh, 
is what? Uh, I've got the drama masks tattooed on my shoulder, except both of them are comedy. And uh, underneath is the the first Shakespearean passage that resonated with me, uh, Duke Dame, Duke Dame, Duke Dame, which means, to me, my fools. Okay, so when I glanced at it at first, I thought it said edamame. (laughs) 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 And I was like, why does this tattoo say edamame, edamame, edamame? (laughs) Oh, that's so much better. Why didn't I get that? I was like, this is amazing. That's so much better. So, at any rate, I'm sure you noticed our logo is is the sock and buskin mask as well. Yeah. Um, and I love that you you embrace that. And I think that the reason we chose the masks is because I believe that we are all wearing masks. I think that actors choose lots of characters, and I think everybody else chooses one. Interesting. Uh, I think it's that. I think it's that fragile. I think that, that that's a large part of it. I mean, part of what I think of when it comes to wearing masks is there was a phrase that I I have not heard in a long time, but uh, be your authentic self, which Mm. I did not like that phrase because I think like, I mean, what, what is the side of you that is the authentic self? Is it the side that comes uh, out when you are with, your lover is it the side that comes out when you're with your best friend, or is it the side that comes out when you're mm. doing the work that you love? And the answer is both. interview you, AT and T on the phone, yeah. you. All these people come with spider webs tied yeah. to a different mask. They're all they're all you. They're all authentically you. It's just different flavors of you that all exist. So why I don't I, know. I think there's different flavors of you. I agree with you because I think that we're all uh, beautiful creations. It could be anything at any given time. But I think that only certain flavors are actually you. Hmm. Because you will do things alone that you would never do in front of other people. Oh, I'm not the best example of this. Uh, I, I personally... Cause do you don't dance naked? I'll dance. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. That That... You got me there. Done. <laughs> Done. It's as simple as that. Is there any reason why it is unacceptable except for what we placed around it as a society? Mm-hmm. As a being running around on the earth as any other animal, run up and down, enjoy yourself for five minutes dancing in a fucking field naked. You know, that's... Is it hurt the world? That's, that's fair because the thing that would keep me from doing that is like, oh, I don't want to be nude in public because of there's... Thank might you. be somebody who's going about their day that doesn't want to see that, which is fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, we, I, I was talking about this with a friend recently about how the idea that nudity is inherently sexual is a societal thing that we Correct, that's a lens. And not how we are necessarily born to be. Uh, no, you're only told what to desire and what not to desire. Yeah. And, and... Yeah, the the value we put on that instead of just makeup. embracing everyone as as beautiful for being them. Yeah, makeup. You brought up the pandemic earlier. Yeah. And I, I say this because there was a phenomenon that took place during the uh, pandemic with women. And that is that they all started coming out of their shell without makeup. Mm. And they couldn't have looked more beautiful 
as a group because it's so long. It just seemed like that it was a face that wasn't their real face. Now, I understand artic- artistic creativity, creation, you know, that kind of thing. If you're a makeup artist, all that, I get that. But if you're putting it on to get yourself to a baseline of acceptability, yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a problem there. Uh, and it's beautiful when you see women embracing their natural look and not trying to play to a character or a standard. I think I think anybody accepting themselves is always going to be beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, because part of what is beauty is confidence. And like, unfortunately, Hands down. In, in our society, there are people who feel like they need to get to a base level of something to be perceived as beautiful, but to be loved. Yeah. And that that's heartbreaking. When in reality, it's truly just accepting yourself is probably the most attractive thing there is. That and being funny. I, well, I thought about it the other day, you are not wrong, because I believe that true beauty is recognized through authenticity. Yes. Because we embrace people that do not fit the standard of, you know, the magazine definition of yep. beauty. But yet we love the fuck out of them for everything that they are, what they do, who they are. Like Jack Black. We're going to love him for the rest Jack of his Black. fucking life. God, it... He is an icon. I would hug him the moment I saw him, whether he liked it or not. They are... Because he's just made me smile and feel so happy throughout my life. But he's running around with his fucking gut out. It's hairy. He's fucking slapping his ass, being a fucking wrestler, a luchador, fucking whatever. He's, he is right? so much about loving yourself. Jack Black is one of the is one of the few strangers that I I might take a bullet for. Like, uh, he he's, God, he's just done so much blatant enjoying of everything. <laughs> he's a fucking toy saxophone. Well, I mean, the when he was promoting the Mario <laughs> movie, dressed in a full Bowser costume, just because he wanted to, didn't need to. And what but did we do? We, we loved, loved him, him for it. We love people for being themselves, yeah. uninhibited. And doing we that always weird thing will. that they think to do. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The best TikToks that you see are the random ones. Like, I saw one where this guy had, like, his hand in a shadow up against the window, and cars were driving by. And as the cars went by, he was going, no, no. <laughs> like, he was eating them like Pac-Man. I was like, it's fucking great. Like, the whole thing just looked like he was playing a video game. And you know he was bored. Like, just sitting by the window, saw it, and that's what a kid would do when nobody was around. You'd be sitting there going, nah, 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 this nah. can't. This cannot devolve into us sharing uh, the, our favorite videos that we've seen recently online. But my favorite video that I've seen recently online <laughs> is this, this supercut of a woman surprising her boyfriend by just throwing a piece of ham at his face. <laughs> uh, just like a slice of ham. And then... You always see her delight that she did it again. And I could watch that 50 times in a row. So good. That's beautiful. It's so good. It's kind of like when they were throwing cheese at infants, like the Velveeta slices. You never saw that? Like people would be sitting there with their baby and they would toss a slice of Velveeta and be like, slap. I didn't realize that Velveeta came in slices. Oh, yeah, dude, that's the best grilled cheese. That and uh, the government cheese they used to make in a block. Wow. I'm learning you can a cut lot. Into things you want. 
Yeah, Velveeta cheese is a shit, man. I knew about but Velveeta like, cheese. I didn't realize that it came in slice form. Yeah, or Kraft singles, yeah, whatever. I grew up on the Kraft just singles, slapping. baby. Yeah, no, we always got like the Winn-Dixie brand. They were like borderline plastic. They didn't oh, melt yeah. all the way. Like they melted, but they were still square. Yes. <laughs> like, it's kind of like... Um, of God and everything, yes. Well, that's because it wasn't made by God. That's true. <laughs> God, I want a grilled cheese so bad right now. <laughs> Dude, with some tomato soup. I'm not, a, I'm not crazy on tomato soup or tomatoes. I hate... I love like, ketchup. Regular tomatoes. I love pasta sauce, but I can't do tomatoes. Regular tomatoes. I'm with you. It's the fruit that God chose to blow his nose in. Not with it. Yeah. I always have to run into my head of like, wait, are tomatoes a fruit or a vegetable? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only know they're a fruit because of that saying that I remember. <laughs> What's the saying? Fucking fruit. That, uh, it's the fruit that God chose to blow his nose in. Oh, that's... Oh, I thought you just said that now. That's a phrase? No. That's a phrase that I heard growing you up. You probably read it on I a think, Spencer's t-shirt. <laughs> I probably did, but they is like snot inside. It's kind of like okra. Okra has that shit in it too, God. where it's all snotty in the middle. I, I have a texture issue. Like if my plate could still have the toddler divider, I'd be cool oh with it. Oh man, you know what's so good? Cutting up your food into bite-sized chunks and then eating <laughs> all of it. Just get all that cutting done out the way yes. early. Your work is done. Enjoy your filet mignon. Like, Oh, I know. I love Why it. is it wrong? Like, because if you did that at a fancy restaurant, people would be looking at you like, the nerve of him. Why is he toddlering his meal? Uh, because I want to enjoy it unabated, yeah. unintruded. I'm with you, dude. Yeah. I also eat the best last. Same. Like, I'll eat part of the best while it's fresh. I will devour but then the, rest of it will the salad first. So yeah. I can have the, the rest of this mac and cheese without anything getting in my way of good yummy times. Let me tell you something, though. That is a critical flaw when you're dining with your significant other because they usually want to dive into your plate when? Towards the end. Oh. Because, you know, it's what's left. Oh, that is not how Christine and, and I do. And that's usually, like, my steak, my burger, or, like, the, the thing that I have been working towards and doing my homework, because vegetables suck. Listen. Like, I'm doing this to get them out of the fucking way so I can do that. If I, if, if what you got <laughs> on your plate looks good, I'm going to ask for a bite while it's still piping hot. Exactly. Uh, I'm not going to wait until you have passed over it with your, you know, dissenting gaze however many times <laughs> give me give me Fouling some of it, it up with your maximum eyes. yum <laughs> maximum yum that's a wrestling fucking bitch <laughs> <laughs> i could see him hands behind there kind of like mr perfect maximum yum. <laughs> <laughs> got a set of lips on the crotch of his uh maximum his... yum he's going for his signature move the tongue lashing <laughs> he's gonna give him the hubba bubba <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get out of here on that dude this was such a fun interview you're welcome back anytime oh thank you i will be back anytime that's i don't know why i continue the sentence i, I made the you got it i'll be back yes no just keep going man yeah. i'm gonna keep waiting uh, i'm not gonna help I'm gonna you keep in this going until it comes back around <laughs> yes i will be back again at some point that would be lovely thank you for having me friend <laughs> okay <laughs> Caroline <laughs> Friend No hey Caroline Do we have anything I'm supposed to be putting out today Before we go What do we got coming up Anything good No 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 
not yet. We're working on just look out for Creative Impact Network. That is the hint of the day. The clue on what's coming up is Creative Impact Network. Can I plug some right. stuff? Absolutely. That's what we're going to do now. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're in or around New York, uh, Sunday, October 8th at 9 p.m. at the Magnet Theater, come to the You Are Not Alone nine-year anniversary. It's going to be real good. It's going to be real fun. And your soul will be better for it. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> donate to The Mask Gone Viral on Crowdfunder. Help us make this movie the thing it needs to be. Uh, also, coming soon, we shot the pilot and are almost done editing. Don't mind if I don't. The very first episode will be on bagpipes. Boy, are those things whoa, loud. Whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. The first episode will be on bagpipes. Yeah, convincing me D to like bagpipes. Oh, okay. I thought you meant that the episode was just going to be played on bagpipes. Oh, my God. Like, just Can you imagine? <laughs> that sounds fucking awful. If bagpipes are the new iPhone? Jesus. <laughs> just fucking just... <laughs> Stepping on a cow. Boy. Yeah, I was like, how do you play an episode on bagpipes? I don't know, but now I want to see it. Let's oh, man. Do you do like a laser light show with it? or We will now. <laughs> a Scottish laser light show. <laughs> How does that go? Uh, I don't know, but I bet it's loud. I bet it is. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you. Like I said, you're welcome back anytime. And remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. Yeah.